0: to our seats so we can jump into the word <clears throat> um, I hope uh, for those of you who are here and for our guests uh, well for our guests we well, just for our guests um, you are, are, are experiencing history with us this is the first our first time in this room with a different floor and painted uh, walls. Um, so as you see, our members are, are excited about that, and, and so, so are we. So, um, so yeah, we're, we're glad about it because it represents so much more than, um, than what we see. Hopefully it represents some things that will be going on in our life as a church as we focus in on what we're calling Solid Rock 3.0, um, where we are all going to—at uh, least one person is very excited about that. We thank God for that person— uh, what's, what's the address to send a check to? No, no, I'm just playing. Um, so, 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 um, so, so we, we, we're trying to make sure and we understand, Pastor Kurt and I understand that the, a sermon series, um, even the amount of focus that's going to come in September, uh, we're going to pull the trigger in October, but we understand that that. Cultural change takes time, personal change takes time, Uh, cultural change takes time because personal change takes time. It's a process. So we understand that. But our focus is that, as has already been mentioned, uh, that all of us from the. And I don't know who this person is, but this is just phraseology, rhetorical, uh, but from the from the weakest of us to whoever the strongest is, which I don't know who that is. The Lord knows both of those things that we would all be own, excuse me. Be grown and own our faith, um, and that it would manifest itself in how we take care of not only ourselves, each others, our building, and you can fill in the rest. Now, before I talk about, um, we, we, we this is the second, this is the second uh, sermon in a sermon series um, called "What It Means to Be Grown." And the reason why we're talking about what it means to be grown is because um, at some point in life, you realize that you are grown. I remember someone asking someone else. I don't remember who these people were. I, don't, I think it was on TV. It could have been on the radio. They asked their counterpart, when did you know you were a grown man? And so the person said, when my father told me I was grown. Well, some of us didn't have a father involved enough to tell us when we were grown. That would be me. I'd be one of those people. But at some point in life, I realized I'm a full grown man. Um, Was it because I was married? Well, no, that doesn't make you grown, right? Was it because I had children? That doesn't make you grown either. Was it because I made a certain amount of money? No, that doesn't make you grown either. Was it because I can do whatever I want go to bed when I want, get up when I want, um, eat what I want? I can do what I want. I have freedom. Does that make someone grown? No. Maybe the combination of those things may be characteristics of people who are grown, but we want to talk about what it means to be grown spiritually. Because that's of the utmost importance for whether or not 3.0 is successful or not. And we pray that it's successful because our desire is that we are able as pastors to present everyone mature in Christ. And so we're going to look again at our base passage, which is going to be 2 Peter 1 verses 1 through 11 before we, we jump into Reading uh, that note, we'll go ahead and read that verse, and then we will pray. We'll read that passage, rather. So the passage reads this way. 2 Peter 1, verses 1 through 11 from the uh, Christian Standard Bible translation. Simeon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. By these, he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be richly provided for you. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for what you have to say about us. Thank you so much for your goodness and mercy that has drawn us to repentance, those of us who know you. And thank you for your goodness and mercy that has drawn anyone who is not walking with you but either finds themselves sitting here with us or who is watching us via live stream. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your grace toward us all, Lord, that you would allow us to hear your word for your word says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by your word. Would you grant faith, Lord? Would you please um, um, grant faith? Would you please move in with power that is not my power, Lord? Would you please speak to uh, the various people who engage with this message, whether it's live, whether it's via live stream, whether it is at some other point in time? Would you please pour power on it, Lord? Would you please increase? And would you help me to decrease that your voice may be the one that's heard most during this time? Father, we ask you that you will bless us, meet us where we are. You know how to do that. I don't know how to meet even as many people who are in this room where they are, Lord. But you know how. And so we ask you to please do that. Would you please bless your word? Would you please help me to speak accurately? Any inaccuracies aren't worth remembering. So, Lord, we ask you that even those would just fall to the ground some kind of way supernaturally. But we do pray and we thank you, Lord, that we have studied and we are um, confident in you. And we ask you that you would please, though, if anything is said that doesn't glorify you, that it wouldn't be listened to. We thank you, Lord, though, that our intent is to do that, is to glorify you. So would you please move with power? We pray in Jesus name. Amen. All right. Now, before I start uh, start reviewing a little bit uh, more of what the passage from last week, um, I just want to say this. I just want to thank God for um, something that Lord willing is going to happen uh, this this um, this week. And that is on Thursday of this week. The oldest member of our church, Gene Munson, turns 87 years old. So, Gene. Gene, Gene, Gene wants to make sure everybody know who he is. That's Gene right there. <laughs> much hospitality and much building has gone on through Gene and his wife, Mildred, to make this church what, what it is. Um, and so we're very grateful for them. Mildred is not with them, but we love her. But, Gene, happy birthday, and thank you for all that you've done to, like, help this church even be in place uh, since 1989, I think, was when this structure went up. And um, uh, thank you for all of the homes that you've blessed with your, through your services as well. We, we are grateful for you, and we thank God for you, and we we love you. Hey, and Gene is one of the best storytellers in this whole church too, uh, and he has a lot of stories to tell. You know, you got some stories if you reach eighty-seven, so uh, you got some stories. So uh, we are using Second uh, Peter one, one through eleven, to help us to see what it looks like to be grown. So last week we looked at the fact that if if we if we are going to be grown, if we're going to be grown and own our own faith, then we have to see ourselves as grown, right? We have to know that we're responsible. We have to see ourselves not just as grown, but we have to see ourselves as God sees us. So we really uh, um, uh, focused on the fact that our faith, the faith that we have received, is equal to the apostles' faith because Peter, verse 1, is writing to, um, to, the, to the believers and he is... He, he starts off by telling them that he's writing to people who have received faith equal to theirs. Theirs who? The apostles. The apostles, what did they do? Well, most of them, except Paul, they walked with Jesus Christ. They walked with him. They were familiar with him. They caught fish with him. They were in a boat with him. They asked him, don't you care that we're drowned? They, they were with him. We haven't walked with him that way. But our faith, even though we have not seen him, our faith, the faith that we received is equal to the faith that they received. So you can, I, I don't know if you've read the Bible and done this, but I have. Oh, man, I wish I was there. I wish I'd seen this. I wish I'd experienced this. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fine. Some people saw those things, though, and didn't weren't believers, right? We haven't, obviously, we've not get, gotten to look and experience as we walked with Jesus the things that the apostles did, but our faith. The faith that we received is equal to theirs. And so we just talked about that in great depth, and I'm not going to belabor that because that's on our website. and You can check that out if need be. Um, But uh, seeing, perceiving ourselves or seeing ourselves as God sees us, uh, seeing ourselves as, as that grown. That the faith that the apostles received, well, we received faith equal to theirs. So in no way should we minimize the faith that we have. I understand that there are battles, but but in no way should we minimize the faith that we have, because it is equal to that which the apostles uh, received. We also um, said a lot of times when people um, people who, who think that they're grown, they don't care what other people have to say. Right. Um, and, and there's there's an element in which you have to have skin that's thick enough for that. But but the evaluation of others does come into play for who's telling them that they have received a faith equal to theirs. That's Peter, the apostle. Right. So it matters like how other people view us. It does matter. So it it, it is it can be a reflection of our maturity. Right. How other people uh, view us. Um, and so and when I say other people, I'm talking about people who are mature in Christ um, because there'll be those who do not appreciate um, who we are in Christ. Um, So we talked a little bit about that as well. So we'll move on to what to the second. Well, I'll mention the second, which is to, is that we must add to what God has given us. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We'll specifically look at verses five through seven. And then next week, we'll um, look at what it means to, to own. Um, Now, Within the framework of our theological um, leanings, um, one could say, because today is about adding. And the first, so we'll, we'll just read verses five through seven just um, one more time so, so we can see what it says. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness. One translation has the word add instead of supplement. Um, it talks about um, make every effort to add to your faith goodness with goodness. Knowledge, knowledge, self-control, and then it goes on. Um, so, um, I'm saying, I'm making a point. My, I'm stressing that we must add to our faith. I can imagine that for some people that would be uh, that would make them a bit uncomfortable. Add to our faith. We're saved by faith alone, right? That that may, may, and, and it's truly, we are saved by faith alone. But obviously, we have the apostle. I didn't just come up with add to your faith. I mean, I just read um, where we get that from. Verse 5 of 2 Peter 1. Look at what scripture says in 1 Corinthians 3, verses 11 through 15, just to make the case for adding or supplementing. Uh, Now, supplement to supplement is to add Something, uh, it, a supplement is something that is added to complete a thing, to supply a deficiency, which it, that part is not what we're talking about. There's no deficiency in our faith, um, it's equal to that of the apostles, um, or to reinforce or extend a whole. So I think the last part in particular, that it is something that we are adding to reinforce or extend our faith, that's what we're talking about. When we're talking about adding to our faith, so we are—we cannot be grown. Just as a, a, a baby cannot be considered grown, if the baby has usually, if the baby is is what we call healthy, has everything he or she needs to be able to become grown and mature. All of it is there, but it's not mature to the point where you see that. So if I were to bring, if I were to bring up, I couldn't, I can't do this now. But if there was some way for me to bring up myself, my in my 50s self, my 20s self, my teenage self, my little boy self, my infant self. They're all the same people, right? But what you would see would not be a man at every iteration. You wouldn't see, but 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 the things that contribute to this, were there, right? They were there. The the seeds of it were were there. But there were things that needed to be added to it. Eat your vegetables. Eat your food. Go outside and play. You know, go to sleep, you know. Uh, All that, it was there, just things, other things needed to be added that we may see, we may not see, but it needed to be added. Take your vitamins. We had them Flintstones chewables. I used to like those (laughs) joints, man. I remember one time, man, I went downstairs, snuck down, and I took like a handful of them joints. (laughs) Me and the toilet were friends all night long after that. Man, even as I speak, I remember that taste right there, man. I I might have to go and find whatever the equivalent is now out there and just go eat some and see what happens. No, I'm not going. But but the, the the supplement extends to do, to the whole, right? So ev- what's needed is already there, and our faith, everything we need, yes, our faith, everything in it is there. However, if our faith just remains that, we will, as it says in verse eight of First of Second Peter one, that it is possible for us to be um, ineffective. It's, possible for us to be unfruitful even as believers. And that's not what God has for us. And we want everyone to be able to do that which God has called them to. But check out 1 Corinthians three, eleven through 15. It says, no one can lay any foundation other than what has been laid. That foundation is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, each one will res- each one work excuse me will become obvious for the day will disclose it the day when we're before the Lord because it will be revealed by fire the fire will test the quality of each one's work if we, if anyone's work ha, uh, that he has built survives he will be rewarded if anyone's work is burned up he will experience loss but he himself will be saved but only as through fire so there are things. So he says we can't lay any other foundation, but we are supposed to build on the foundation. And what we build on the foundation is critical to our, how mature we really are. Some people will build, and they're building the things they build will be flammable. Right? It won't be fire as a, uh, fire retardant. It won't like resist the fire at all because it's going to be wood, hay, or straw. Those things catch on fire and like you better leave if they catch on fire because it's just going to cause the fire to grow. Other things, gold, silver, costly stones. He's given us imagery here to know that some of our works, they will they will be there'll be fire repellent. When the fire tests the quality or the motivation for our work, whether or not our work was done for the Lord, whether or not it was done for our own purposes. And let me just say this. I am just very uh, aware of, of, of what it meant to be a pastor or what it meant to be a preacher a long time ago when I first um, you know, received my call and, and started preaching. Uh, I'm aware that even standing here and preaching God's word can be something other than what it ought to be. And that people who are very skilled at it that 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 doesn't it means they're skilled at it that's what it means it doesn't mean more than that it doesn't mean that they're mature it doesn't it doesn't mean that god will judge he will put it to the fire but look at this even if their work is flammable their faith will still save them right for the end says he um uh okay I, 15, if anyone's work is burned up, he will experience loss, but he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. So he'll be saved, she'll be saved, however, their their works can be flammable. We don't want a lot of of flammability with us. (laughs) that's That's not what we want, so that's why we are going to talk today about. What it means to add. I just wanted to mention that because I didn't don't want I wanted to look at that verse and I wanted to make the points from that verse because I do not want anyone to think that I think our faith is deficient. I don't think our faith is deficient. The verse of the, uh, second Peter one uh, uh, one one talks about how we've received a, a faith that's equal to that of the apostles. So our faith, there's nothing wrong with our faith, but we must supplement our faith as the passage says. And, it, and it's very straightforward. He tells us to add to our faith. Goodness. Goodness is just the state or quality of being good. I love, you know, those kinds of uh, those kinds of um, those definitions, because it's like, oh, OK, thank you. Um, so you got to go to good. And I don't know why I don't just do that, but I, I don't. So then good is just to be morally excellent, virtuous, righteous or pious. So we're supposed to add to our faith a, a moral Excellence. Uh, we live in a world where I I don't think moral excellence is something that people that our world appreciates because if you because if you if you if you're morally excellent because we live in a, a culture that compares a lot and we live in a culture where again to be grown means to do whatever. I want to do, to be grown means only God can judge me. You can, which, you know, it means like you can't judge me. Um, A pocket of our world is just focused on just being able to, they don't care about moral goodness. They don't care about moral excellence. They don't care about being morally excellent. I can tell, I I always use driving. I'm just looking at the way people drive. People do not care about being good. Just think about it. Even if you're not with me right now, just just think about how, um, or, or just just drive. Just you'll, you'll see. You'll, you'll see. I, last night, when I turned the air on here, I went back home, which is up Good Luck Road and down Good Luck Road. There was like 50 to 60 cars, all of them with engines. that's like they're all passing me coming down Good Luck. Yes, they did, they really did, they, <laughs> they, they did that. It was last night around, uh, um, no. <laughs> that's why uh, Siri heard, heard a voice that sounded black and the black dad, they thought that I was Mike Perry. So it's like, just to confirm, you want to do what? It's like, nah, nah. we don't all sound alike completely. We do sound similar though, I think. Moving right along. <laughs> but people, aren't, people are not, they don't, I don't, in my, in my little world, most people don't care about goodness. They don't care about being good to you. They care about themselves. That's what they care about. And so if we are focused on being good, then I believe that our goodness will shine in a way that's peculiar to the rest of the world. And so I think you know we should ask ourselves the question: Is our is our lifestyle peculiar? Like, could somebody say, "Hey, man, we now now mind you, I know what the, I know what Jesus told the, the 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 rich young ruler that there's no one good but 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 God." So I right, mean, don't get too spiritual on me because I mean I'm sure Peter knew that too, and Peter said, "Add to your faith goodness," right? So we're supposed to add that that to our faith. So as it relates to hum- humanity, our goodness you know, doesn't earn us anything before God, but it can reflect the reality that we are of God. And so can people look at you? Can people look at you, Mike, and say, you know what? That's a good man or that's a good woman. Can they do that? They should be able to do that because we should be adding it to our faith. We should also be, we should also add knowledge to our goodness. Knowledge is just um, being acquainted with facts, truths, or principles um, from study or investigating. Um, And so (laughs) knowledge has quite a few things. So we'll just um, not say them all and move right along. Um, But I I will say this one, to be uh, familiar or conversant, you know, like you just know a, a particular subject. So like I just spoke with someone earlier uh, this morning who said that they had their degree is in sociology. So obviously they have knowledge um, about that. So what, what, is, what is your knowledge level of what it means to follow God? Is there a functional knowledge within our culture that you can bring the knowledge of God to bear um, in your conversations with people? Um, are people able to ask you, questions about God, and maybe you don't have all of the answers, no one does, but do you have enough of a plausible response, because we are supposed to be able to give a reason for the hope that is within us, Um, so our our faith should be able to be expressed and articulated um, through through our words to other people and and address the questions that they have, Um, and so we should have a, a corresponding knowledge of having been with God, and even though all of us are not called to, you know, stand behind a, 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 a podium and speak to everyone. Um, we all should be um, taking to heart what Paul says to Timothy, that he's the study to show himself approved, right? A workman that does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Like every one of us needs to be able to do that, even to listen to and evaluate whether or not what we're hearing is true. All of us should be able to do that. Or else how would you find a, a, a solid church? Right. How would you be able to evaluate? You have to be able to if you look on if you are on social media at all. If you, as I spoke to somebody earlier today, are aware of all the number of churches that are in this area, you have to be able to you have to have some knowledge of what truth is to make a good choice about what church to go to, who to listen to, whose word to embrace and whose word to say, no, I'm not feeling that. So we, we're adding to our faith, goodness, knowledge, add to our knowledge, self-control. Um, we Everyone, I don't need to say, you know what self-control <laughs> means. Um, are you a self-controlled person? Am I a self-controlled? Another good context is driving, man. I'm telling you at least for I me. Mean. <laughs> driving, right? Driving, driving. When we first got married, I remember a few things <laughs> as it relates to driving. But I really remember, like, I I just really don't like when people seem to endanger me. <laughs> seem to endanger me. And I try to be conscious that, okay, well, if I don't like that, other people don't like that either. So I try to drive like I want other people to drive. But other people must be all right with getting <laughs> cut off because I would consistently get cut off. And for a while, we lived in Landover. I would take... Karen to work in Southwest, and then I would come, I would drop the kids off at wherever, whoever their babysitter was, and then I worked in Greenbelt. So we were driving. That, that was a lot of driving every day. I'm glad the grass prices weren't what they are now. Um, but anytime somebody would cut me off, I'd just be on my horn like for like a long time. I'd just be on that joint like I'm from Landover, like, yeah, man. I, I, I'd be on it like that, maybe longer. My breath was running out, so I got, so so I just couldn't keep going, man. You know? but I'd be on it. It would depend on the severity of the of the the cut in, right? It'd be like, ah. So, I mean, you know, and so I have grace sometimes, but not most of the time. Most of the time, it's like, "Mama, you come me up? man. You ain't see me like." It'd be like this. You know what I'm saying? You lucky I'm saved. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I hope you have more self-control than I did then. Thank God I don't do that now. But you know what? Sometimes I'm very tempted to be like. (laughs) So it hasn't completely left. But self-control. Self-control. Because of the Lord, not because I'm. Because of the Lord. Endurance, ha! <laughs> mm, you could do a whole sermon on endurance because endurance seems to be something that's that's that's, that's uh, difficult for people to tap into, or difficult for them to tap into in the right way. So they might. I mean, we may endure because we have to. Like, we don't, man, we don't have any choice. We have to do this. Like, we got to keep living, right? But when, when, when tough times come in on you, how do you respond? You know, is it with complaining? Is it with, you know, venting that you wish it wasn't like this? Is it with just like rehashing a situation that you don't like? And trying to get somebody else to be like, they don't like it either. How do, how do you endure? I ask myself that question consistently. Not, that I don't have to endure a lot, in my opinion. But there's some things that I, that I have been enduring for a long time. But how am I enduring it? Am I enduring it like... I, 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 I'm from a certain generation and that's just what that generation does. I hope not. I pray that my endurance is not just because like I grew up in a certain area or because of you filling the blanks, but I pray that the endurance that I have access to and that I grab a hold of is because it is 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 higher than that. That is because of the Lord, it's because the Lord told me. To add endurance to my self-control, so endure he cut you off yes, he did <laughs> Lord help me because I'm not having a good attitude about him right now maybe he has somewhere to go maybe he's you know this whatever Lord help me though whatever his issue is, help me not to focus on that, but Lord would you help me to endure in a way that glorifies you now One of the reasons we respond to endurance, endurance is the ability or strength to continue or last, especially despite fatigue, stress or adverse conditions. So endurance isn't necessarily easy. Right. It's not it's not easy, but it's possible. And it's something that God calls us to add to our self-control. Obviously, godliness is another thing that should be added. Godliness is just a, a quality or practice of conforming to the laws and wishes of God. That's what that is. So hopefully, again, all of these examples I've used, hopefully they are because of godliness. Um, we also should have, a. Bro- it, how, do, do, your fr- do your closest friends feel like you are a godly person? That's a question for consideration. Do my closest friends, oh my goodness, does my spouse. Consider me a godly person. Man. That's a physical examination right there. All the blood work, labor. everything. That's, that's like, that's my spouse. If you're married. But for those who are not married, does, do, do your closest friends consider you a godly person? I think that's a, that's a question that's worth asking at some point today. Do you consider me godly? Spouses to your spouse, single people to your closest uh, friends. And if the answer is no, then you ask like, hey, well, hey, well, what hinders that from being an affirmative? And even if it's affirmative, what would you point to to support your evaluation? Brotherly affection is another thing that should be added. It should be added to godliness. That's just a fond attachment, uh, devotion, or love. I spoke with someone earlier today, and I just told them, like, you know, I went somewhere, and I saw someone. Actually, I spoke to two, two of our members uh, today because it seems like everywhere I go, I see their twins. Not, in every, not those particular people, but twins of our members, meaning, like, they look like somebody in my church. Hey, you look like one of our members. And as soon as they look like one of our members, I like them. I like them because I love our members, right? I, I, I love our members. Every last member, I love you. That's no, that's not hyperbole. That's not for the sake of the sermon. That's like real talk. Every one of you. So if I see somebody that looks like you, they just get the benefit of the doubt because they remind me of you. That's that's just what happened. They just, okay, yeah, yeah, that person. Or, 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 or this one, or if they have, a, not, now this doesn't apply to all of y'all, but this is my wife. If their name is Karen, they automatically, for me, I know for some of y'all, they automatically like, man, I ain't messing with her, if her name Karen, right? I mean, I, I know, I know, they, that, that movie messed up the name Karen, if you've, seen the, you've not seen the movie, like that joint just messed the name Karen up, and so everybody, she's a Karen, and it's like, man, come on, man, my wife is Karen, one of the sweetest people you'll ever meet, right? So for me, it's opposite. If your name is Karen, except for if it's on, so, it's, it's on social media and it's on someone being a Karen like in that movie. <laughs> but everyone else, if their name is Karen, then I automatically think they're a sweet person. And I, I think my wife is sweet, not because she's my wife, but because she's a sweet individual. Yeah. So they get the benefit of, of the doubt. And then, obviously, the last thing that we are to add is love, which is a profound, tender um, affection for another person. It can be passionate. It's not always passionate. Um, so I've asked this before. I'll just ask it again because it's something that we uh, can never uh, assume that's happening. It's always something that needs to be um, evaluated, and it is, you know, what does your love for, for the body looks, look like? You know, does, does do the way you interact with others, is it a loving, is it loving? Like, is that the vibe that comes from Is that the aroma that comes from you that you're a loving person? If not, then we definitely have work to do. And obviously, with all of this, there's some level of work that all of us are going to have to do. But um, we should look at these things and evaluate ourselves because we want to be effective, because we want to be fruitful. So if we want that, we have to admit, we have to recognize, uh, I think we have to recognize that there are hindrances and there are, 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 are things that, that, that propel us to addition, to adding these things in our lives. And I, I'm going to share with you uh, three, um, three detractors of addition, meaning adding, detractors from you adding to your faith, and of course, bonding or opposite, rather, um, factor that you can employ to help us, help you not to um, fall into. The category of not adding. In our culture, one of the biggest um, one of the biggest uh, deterrents for us is is distraction. Um, I know it tempts me consistently being distracted. In Luke chapter 10, there's a story, uh, um, a very well known story of um, that includes Mary, Martha, and Jesus. Um, and in 38, it says this: It says when while they were traveling, he entered a village. A woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Skip to 40. Um, It says that Martha was distracted by her many tasks, and she came up and asked him, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to serve alone? So tell her to give me a hand. So Martha, as you probably know, because this is a well-known story, is distracted about, uh, verse 40, um, her many tasks, right? She has... Many tasks. We live in a busy society, and we, like Martha, can be distracted. And we can, as Pastor Curtis pointed out and when he touched on this uh, passage in one sermon, I don't remember the sermon, but, but, but we can then begin to make demands of the Lord uh, because of our tasks, right? Um, and so she complains to the Lord. She's distracted. My, 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 my cell phone is a tool, but it distracts me sometimes. Technology is is a wonderful tool at times. Other times, it's all it is is a distraction. And we all engage with technology. I mean, my mom be texting, so I know everybody's engaged with technology. We have to, and, and it's not just, and it's it's not just, it's not just technology. It's 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 accessibility to whatever. So I, I you know, I, I um, and I I could have said this. Recently, but if I did, um, forgive me. But follow the point. I remember there was a storm. I mean, there have been many storms. But there was a storm uh, this summer. And the power almost went out. Like, it it flickered. And I was like, man, I don't want to sit in the dark. I want to be able to, like, get on my laptop. I think I had a Zoom meeting coming up. I was like, I want to be able to do that. And then I just thought, like, I think that my accessibility to whatever I want to do is like a huge distraction. Because when I was younger, I don't know if every culture did this, but if you were black, you turn off all the lights, turn the TV off, you might unplug some things, and y'all just be sitting down, just listening to God work, or as somebody just said bored, Man, I, I kind of don't like thunder or lightning, really, but really lightning. Not at this stage. Thunder I'm okay with, sort of. But I would be thinking, man, all right, I need, I, need to, I need to humble myself right now. And it's like, man, how often do I just actively humble myself before the Lord? I'm up here thinking, like, man, if this goes off, I'm going to and it's like, man, what about just, like, being quiet and sitting in the Lord's presence? Like, when's the last time you just? Like, it wasn't forced on you, but you just, like, that's just what you did. And that's been something after that. It's like, man, I'm, 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 I'm going to try to do that. I haven't gotten to where I want to, but I just was struck by how distracted I am, how distracted our culture are, is. Excuse me. So, distraction is a detractor. One of the things that 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 really though encourages or propels um, addition is intentional attention, which is what Mary was giving Jesus. Because it says in verse um, thirty-nine that that Martha had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and was listening to what He said. Now we know Martha complains to the Lord. Jesus' response to Martha is very telling. He does he's very uh, uh, gentle with her. In um, verse. 41, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but one thing is necessary. Um, Mary has made the right choice and it will not be taken away from her. So the sitting intentional sitting at Jesus's feet and listening to him, the the humbling ourselves to listen to what the Lord has to say is something that will help us to add to our faith. If we're always distracted and we're doing many things, we're not going to add to our faith. We're going to be doing many things. But we need to drop the things sometimes so that we can listen to the one for whom we hopefully are doing the things, right? Because the power doesn't come from doing things. The power comes from being in the presence of the one who empowers. And so we must be intentional about that. Mary was intentional about it. She sat at his feet and she listened. So sat, that's an action word, that's a verb. Listening is an active Um, verb as well so Mary that's what Mary's doing and she's Jesus said she's doing the one thing that is necessary so we have to remember that what's most necessary in adding anything to our faith is being submitted to the Lord listening to the Lord uh, uh, gathering what we can from the Lord whether it's through Bible reading whether it's prayer whether it's solitude whether it's listening to sermons but it's before the Lord before the Lord not for the Lord. Tasks are for the Lord. Listening and sitting, that is before the Lord. Something else that can stop us from being, being uh, fruitful in the area of adding to our faith is simply satisfaction with ourselves, being satisfied with where we are. I, I'm, I'm glad I don't lean on the horn anymore, but, but it bothers me that sometimes I want to. I get, but why, why do I, I want to do that? Like, what is that going to do except for just give expression to impatience, give expression to offense, give expression to self righteousness in that moment? At least that's how I think. You may not think that way, and that's, that's fine. But for me, that's, that's how I think. In, in Luke chapter 18, there's a story about two individuals. Those two individuals were in the temple and they were praying. Um, the one was a, was a um, Pharisee. Um, and he, it says in verse 11 of, of chapter 18, Um, of Luke Um, the Pharisee was standing and praying about praying like this about himself God I thank you that I'm not like other people greedy unrighteous adulterous or even like the tax collector I fast twice a week I give a tenth of everything I get now the interesting thing about this is that there's nothing that the Pharisee I, I don't think the Pharisee was trying to lie to God so his, his, his life probably looked righteous. Like if he went to his friends and asked them, hey, man, would you consider me godly or not? They might say, hey, sure, you know what? You, you do seem godly. But if you know this story, you know that he didn't go to his house justified. There were greedy people. There were unrighteous people. There were adulterers and the tax collector. We know how the Jewish people thought of them, that they would always get over because they had the authority to get taxes, so they would get a little bit for themselves as well. So they were seen as, as, as traitors to their people. So he thanks them, and then he alludes to the things that he does that pleases God. But Jesus lets us know that the tax collector goes to his house more justified than the Pharisee. And the tax collector All he could say is, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's all he said. But he went more justified than the Pharisee. Now, I don't expect any of us, because this is in Scripture, I don't expect any of us to pray like that. I don't expect you to say, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like Mike leaning on his horn um, and, you know what, only able to stop the demonstration because his breath ran out, but I don't expect you to pray like that. I, I wouldn't pray like that. We, we're street smart enough to know don't, don't do that. But that doesn't stop us from comparing ourselves with each other and being satisfied with where we are compared to where, where other people are. So 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says this, for we don't dare classify or compare ourselves with some who commend themselves, but, but in measuring themselves by themselves, and comparing themselves to themselves they lack understanding we need to be humble enough to not evaluate ourselves in light of each other but instead to do what 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 Isaiah said um, uh, about um, a person that the Lord looks to and and, and favors in Isaiah 66 two, he said uh, the Lord says my hand made all, all these things and so They all came into being. This is the Lord's declaration. I will look favorably on this kind of person, one who is humble, submissive in spirit, and trembles at my word. The person is trembling at the word not because the word is for someone else, but because the word is for them. They're evaluating themselves not based on how well other people treat them, but what God calls them to. He or she is humble, and God looks on that person favorably, favorably. If you want the favor of God, tremble at his word. Do what his word says do. Don't think about who else needs his word. Think about how you need his word. Think about what we need, because if we compare ourselves by other people, we'll always come out ahead of somebody. Even if there are people ahead of us, there'll be some people behind us. And you know what we're going to do? We're going to focus on them people we're better than. That's just human nature. That's just what we do. So understand that about yourself. Understand that not only in general, but understand that, like, as it relates to your marriage, as it relates to your parenting, as it relates to you being a child, as it relates to you being a friend, think about it for you in the many roles that you're called in. Lastly, so just to recap, the things that deter from adding to our faith would be distraction and satisfaction. Humility will help us to add to our faith. Intentional attention will also help us to add to our faith. And I'm not um, going to, well, I'll just, I'll be very quick with this. Laziness will also uh, stop us from adding to our faith. Hebrews 5.11, it it, it says this. Um, It says, we have a great deal to say about this, and it is difficult for people to explain. This is after him. He's talking about, I think, about Melchizedek, I think. Uh, um, But he he, he says, we have a great deal to say about this, and it is difficult to explain um, since... You have become too lazy to understand. Although by this time you ought to be teachers and you need someone to teach you the basic principles of God's revelation, you need milk, not solid food. Now, everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with the message about righteousness because he is an infant. Remember the different stages. 50s, infant, right? This person is not that they're not a believer, they're, they're just an infant still. They shouldn't be, but they but they are. Because they've been lazy. Right. We read that. Um, but solid food is for the mature. Look at this. And you know this, but you've heard this before. But still for those who. For those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. One other translation uh, translates the word trained as who have exercised their senses to discern between good and evil. So the, 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 the detractor is laziness. The, 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 the propellant is exercise. So we're to exercise ourselves spiritually um, by um, discerning what's good and evil. And we know that um, we've been in Romans, and we will finish that up on the last Sunday of this month. Um, but we know that Romans tells us that we are to um, uh, um, renew our minds, right? Um, and so we renew our minds, and we are able to discern and to, to manifest the the, the will of God because we are renewing our minds. So the training comes from engagement with God's word and then bringing that word to bear in life, right? Discerning what's good and evil. And you know what? If you mess up, sometimes that's okay. God's not through with you then just, just, just learn from what you messed up on, right? You don't, you don't have to give up because you're not perfect because you're not perfect. Right? None of us are, right? But we don't give up because our Lord is our Lord is now. Just to recap, the the things that will deter us are laziness, distraction, and self-satisfaction. The things that will propel us are exercise, intentional attention, and humility. If we would access full and active maturity, we must embrace Humility, not comparing ourselves to others, and especially with those closest to us. We have to resist distraction, um, the distraction that so easily entices us to embrace it. And in its place, we have to embrace intentional attention on our Lord. And we have to forsake laziness. And be about that work, about that exercise in ourselves. So that we will put on the love, brotherly affection, godliness, endurance, self-control, knowledge, and goodness. That should be indicative of someone who's grown in the Lord. Someone who is able to own their faith and to exercise their faith in this world. The thing about humility that just struck me, and it struck me this morning. Is that humility obviously the Lord embodies every uh, characteristic that we that was mentioned in this passage, but it just in thinking about the humility of the Lord in coming and and, and being incarnate, taking on flesh and living i, I just I, mean, I just look for a passage that could in some way express um, Something that I think just just an appreciation for him as our Lord and Savior. So we're sticking with Peter, but we're going to we're going to go to the to the first letter that he wrote. and, And these four verses in verses 21 through 25, which say, for you were called to this. He's talking about suffering for the believers because Christ also suffered for you. Leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. We're talking about the one who could have called 12 legions of angels down and not suffer. We're talking about him embracing that type of humility to say, I will let you spit on me. I will let you punch me in my face. I will let you whip my back and rip it open. And I will try to carry this cross Him who made everything there is, for him to accept that, that's awesome humility. That's humility that I don't even imagine myself being able to model. He did not commit sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When he was insulted, he did not insult in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten. He could have threatened. Instead, what does he say? He says, Father, forgive them because they don't even know what they're doing. So forgive them, Father. Instead of threatening, it says he entrusted himself to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that having died to sins, we Might live for righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep going astray, but you have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Jesus embraced humility to that degree so that people would know who he is. He embraced humility to that degree. So that no matter what we've ever done in life, that we might have the ability to be accepted by God. For 2 Corinthians 5, 21 talks about how how he who knew no sin became sin. So that we might become the righteousness of God. Theologians call that the great exchange. where Where the righteousness of Christ is like, you know what? That to you. I'm gonna give that. I'm not using you again, Darren and Karen, because your name's (laughs) Ryan. But I'm giving that to Alex. I'm giving that to Dylan. I'm giving that to Tammy. I'm taking, I'm taking their sin upon me on the cross but I'm giving them my righteousness so that he's able it says this in, in Jude chapter 24 excuse me, verse 24 25 Jude has one chapter so <laughs> but not only is he able to keep us from falling or stumbling because of the great exchange he's able to present us Even though the glory of God is there, that's because of the great exchange. And so, when we're talking about adding, we're not talking about adding. So just so we could we're not like at the gym. If you go to gym, I don't go to gym, but but I've seen people. I know about people who go in that joint and they just like to make a lot of noise. I mean, they might be doing work, but they making a lot of noise, drawing a lot of attention to themselves. You know, and they got to wear clothes that accentuate every muscle they have. You know what I'm saying? They walk in the way to let you know, like, I'm buff right now. I know this. Yeah, yeah. I know you know it, too. That's just who I am. (laughs) That's not why we're adding stuff. We're not adding stuff so that we can look good. We're adding stuff because we want all of God that we can get. We want all of Jesus that we can get. We want all of the Spirit. I know, yes, there's no more that he can add to us, but in terms of our experience, there is more that we can experience. There is more experience to access. And so we're not doing this for ourselves. We're not doing this to make a name for ourselves. We're doing this because we want to glorify him as much as possible. And we're doing this because he's given us his righteousness. That we can stand even in the presence of God where we should be afraid because we know who we are, but we're not that person anymore because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation, right? For, uh, 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 that's that's 2 Corinthians 5, 17. We're, we're a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Oh, 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 and all things have become new, but then okay, what if I sin after I get saved? Well, no, that's going to happen, but you know what John says? John says this, that, that 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 if we confess our sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So it's like, yes, we sin after we get saved, but 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 we're confessing to God and hopefully we're forsaking. We're learning how to how to live in a manner in which we aren't leaning on a horn or whatever you do. We're doing that for His His glory. We're doing it because He's made it possible for us. A lot of times we think a lot of times in our satisfaction we can say, well, I didn't do this or I didn't do that. And that's cool that you didn't do whatever the negative thing was. But how often do we look at Scripture? I know I want to do this more and more every day. Help me, Lord. How often do we look at Scripture and see some of the verses that talk about you can add this, you can do this, you can do this, you can do that, and you can grow to the, and, and say, you know what? Lord, I want that. I don't want to know what I can get away with. I want, I, I want to access all of you that I can get. Because I see that it's possible. If you said that in your word, I'm going to, as I said last week, believe your word even over my experience. Some kind of way I have to bring my experience and my paradigms in line with what the word says, not the other way around. And so, Lord, if I see that it's possible to do more than just not lay on my horn, then I want that because you offer it all to me. Now, before I pray, um, I wanted to really appreciate Jesus and really impress upon us um, who he is. And someone came up to me and they let me know that they had something that, that aligned with that, with that. And so, if the band will come up, please, JP and Anna. Please. As, at first, JP will just have background music. Becky, would you please come up and share? what you told me about. And whether you are watching via live stream, whether you're seeing this at some other point, whether you're here sitting right now, I pray that you would please uh, just remember what Jesus offers, and then um, if you would process um, what the sisters want to say.
1: Well, while I was um, uh, spending some time with the Lord, He impressed me with something, and um, it's a it's a visual aid, uh, and He showed me a picture in my mind of a, a door, and on one side of the door was heaven, and on the other side was like like Earth and Hell. Okay. And Jesus was standing in that door, and he was welcoming people to come in. Please, now, come in. He said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as others have in the Bible, and there's many examples of people who harden their hearts. But he kept saying over, today, today, if you hear his voice, come in, because there's a day coming. The door is going to be closed, and then I saw and heard the door shut. And when it shut, it echoed a horrible echo on one side of it, which was towards the earth and hell. And it just kept reverberating and reverberating and reverberating the sound of the shut door, and. Uh, there were words that were written on it. And this sound kept going on, like through eternity, if you've ever had a door slammed shut. And it said on it, no more mercy. And then on the other side of the door, there was great joy and excitement and rejoicing. And what was written on that side of the door was no more condemnation. But the verse that kept going through my heart was, today, if you hear his voice, and I know there are people here somewhere that are hearing about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, don't let your heart be hardened. Today is the day before the door shuts. And when that door shuts, you'll have regret forever there'll be no more mercy and God wants you to be on the side where there's no more condemnation
0: as you consider that listen to the words of this song part of this song as you process what Jesus extends to you
1: Draw me close.
0: to him so that you will never have to experience the reality of there being no more mercy. None of us knows what it's like to live without mercy. That will be a foreign and a tragic experience. And yet, Scripture lets us know, in different words, that that will be the reality. And so, this morning, oh, this morning, we pray that if you've heard his voice, that you would not harden your heart, that you would receive the gracious, outstretched invitation to exchange your sinfulness for his righteousness. He died to secure that for you. He rose, proving that it was secured. And so our desire is that you would know Jesus Christ, not only in the pardon of your sins, but as your Lord as well, living for him. And so if that's you, this is all you do. The Bible lets us know that if you, um, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. So you confess with your mouth who Jesus is. You articulate your, your gratitude for the exchange. You commit to living for him as your Lord. And you go somewhere where you can continue to learn about him so that you can add to your faith. You find your words to do that, and he will in no way Lord, we ask you that you would bless, that you would open ears, hearts, and minds, and that people would respond to the great mercy that you continue to lavish upon humanity. (laughs) Despite how they drive, despite how they treat each other, right now is the moment of mercy. But there will be a day when only those in Christ will be able to experience that mercy. We want as many people as possible to celebrate that mercy with us. So draw, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we talked a bit. If you don't have your communion elements, we want to take those and take communion in light of what Christ has done for us. and we'll just we'll just continue in 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 the spirit of prayer i have my wafer out lord we just thank you so much for your sacrifice we thank you for dying a death that you did not uh need to die for yourself but you embraced for us we thank you so much for your mercy and your grace and we thank you for allowing your body to be broken that we might be saved so we take and we eat this Wafer, which represents that body, and we celebrate your mercy. Let's take and eat. We know that in the Old Testament there was um, animal sac- there were animal sacrifices to point to the ultimate sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our Lord, and in in the former typological sacrifices, as well as the sacrifice of our Lord. Blood was shed for the remission of our sins. And so we're going to take this juice, which represents that blood, and we're going to drink it now. Thank you, Jesus, for shedding your blood for us. Lord, I pray that you would help us live uh, throughout the rest of this week in the good of what you've done for us. I pray that we will be reminded and, and mindful of all that you've done and that we will be motivated to live on purpose for you, Lord, with, with intentional attention with what you call us to, Lord. So thank you. Lord, bless us. And Lord, may we be a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. If we got the rest of the uh, uh, worship team to come back, and then everyone else, if you would stand out, one announcement before they start singing, and that is a reiteration of, um, if you would like to lead a core group, please do submit your proposal, which would include how often you're gonna have the group, whether that's each week of the month or bi-weekly during the month, um, what your topic is, and any helps that that you're gonna be using. Um, So with that being said, This week, I will actually send an email out. I'll send it out today just so the week doesn't get away from me. But let's uh, stand to our feet and let's sing this last song.